Happy birthday, Bitcoin. Yes, the little crypto that could has turned 10 years old. Ah, they do grow up so fast. Proof of keys is kind of a big deal, and we'll tell you why. A hacker group is threatening to release the truth about 9-11 unless paid in Bitcoin. Ross Ulbricht is trying to get Roger Veer's help in seeking a presidential pardon, and Jed McCaleb disses on Tron. I'm back from 12 days in an undisclosed tropical location with a rather fetching tan I may say. And Travis is circumnavigating the globe to sample the fine cuisine of foreign nations. We are the world's coolest virtual nation, and we welcome you to the first bad news episode of the year. It's episode number 226 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. And welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious, the crypto serious, and the crypto new yearists. How's your year going? Mr. Travis Wright, I'm Joel Com. In case you didn't know me, how you doing, buddy? I am not nearly as tan as you, apparently. <laughs> well, where you are, I saw a picture on your Insta story. It was snowing. Yeah, yeah, it was snowing, and they said it was supposed to be sunny that day and no wind, and it was not sunny and lots of wind and lots of snow. And, you know, that's what happens when you go to, you know, Vienna and then uh, Budapest. And then I hit a little side trip over to a city called Bratislava, uh, Slovenia. So I was thinking, like, oh, man, it's right there by the border. I've never hit these countries. And now I hit 43, 44, and 45 countries in the last uh, since 2014 so in the last five years or so so that's awesome who knows where 2019 is going to take us travis i mean we're going to end up places that we cannot foresee now where that's they're going to be well, there's very Especially- little business involved with this one this was just me using my miles i tell you what if you <laughs> have credit cards and you're not using miles or you don't getting some sort of benefit use those miles like just using business expenses and like putting all of my like everything that i can on one card that gives me miles it gives me like one or two like a, a, a mile and a half per dollar spent and then if i everything that i use on united it's like two dollars or two two points per like i'm getting you know 12 to Twenty thousand points per month, and you could take a trip overseas for twenty five thousand miles plus about ten bucks, and then fly back. It's crazy, you know. So like every three months or so, I'm actually earning a free international trip. And I just lowered my auto insurance policy, but <laughs> <laughs> and I just did fifty percent on my car insurance. Yeah, I I charge everything on uh, my mileage plus cards and I uh, get a ton of miles on United. And you guys are going to get a lot of miles with us today because we got a lot of great news. Before we get going, I just want to say thank you. Uh, you know, it's been so fun being on this journey with Travis and with all of you. And I just wanted to express my gratitude for being able to do this to you, Mr. Travis Wright, for being my partner in crime and to all of you, our listeners, although there's no crime involved, actually. <laughs> Wait, edit that, Aaron, our producer, edit that. No, you can leave that. No. People can get right. and, and actually, let's. this might be a good time just to sort of mention that, that uh, Mr. Joel Kahn and I, you know, we are technologists. We like technology, you know, blockchain, cryptocurrency is one of the things that we like within the space. 
But there's so many other topics within crypto, outside of crypto that we like. And so, you know, we've decided to one time a week, we're going to do another show that's not on bad crypto, but it's kind of in the same theme. It's the bad boys of tech. We're going to launch a new podcast and uh, that'll be out in the next couple of weeks or so. We're going to do it to start, start knocking out a weekly episode where we're talking about different tech news, tech apps, maybe talk about some different software pieces and, and different marketing technologies and different things that are out there in the technology world. What do you think about that, Mr. Joel Com? This, this is news to you, right? Boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Yeah, we've already got the domain, badboysoftech.com and badboysof.tech. I'm actually heading off to the Consumer Electronics Show, and uh, I will be represent working with Alibaba as an influencer, creating content uh, live from the show floor. In fact, uh, by the time you guys hear this, we're actually recording this episode on Tuesday, since I have to, or Monday, since I have to leave. Wait, what day is it? It's Monday. Since it I have Monday. to leave. Um, on Tuesday for CES. I figure, you know, we're going to get the news in now. So things could change in the next few days. But just so you know, timestamp this uh, Monday, the 7th of January at 1230 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And uh, if anything changes between now and then in the crypto world, don't blame us. We can't see the future and we're not financial advisors. But uh, I think, Travis, what we should do, and um, they can listen into this open conversation I'm having with you right now, is that we should release the first episode of Bad Boys of Tech on Bad Crypto. Um, and then so that way, everybody who's here, you guys can give it a sample and you like what you hear. You'll go over to the new show. I think you will, because it's going to be awesome. Duh. Well, it'll be the two hosts that, you know, and then we'll also going to have Stuart Rogers on occasionally when he's available. He is a digital nomad. Uh, he has been the, um, like, you know, one of the top editors over at VentureBeat wrote, writes a ton of articles and he's pretty tuned into that. So There'll be another voice that pops in from time to time. Um, a British voice. voice. A British voice. Yeah. That'll be fun. It will, because we, we can make fun of him because he's British. Yeah, he's a deadpan kind of guy. He's great. Uh, actually, if those of you who knew me from uh, the Venture Beat podcast, he was my co-host over there. So this right here is getting all kinds of, you know, <laughs> mixed up. It's like a little podcast threesome. <laughs> Menage trois for the microphone. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Menage a pod. We got news. Here it comes. All right. So the first piece of news actually is not the coin market cap. I just wanted to say that you know we've been mentioning these crypto kaiju, these uh, these little one of a kind characters that um, are on the blockchain. There are these collectibles that are, they're vinyl toys and they're, they are connected to an ERC 721 token. Both Travis and I ordered one. I received mine and you could see a photo of it in the show notes at badco.in forward slash 226, as well as the link to my ERC 721 token that is associated with this thing. Uh, now, Trav, you didn't get yours, did you? Well, I remember you and I ordered them at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. I ordered mine right before you. My order number was before you. I looked at it. I included every single piece of information. You have to include your Ethereum wallet address. 
you received your Crypto Kaiju ERC721 token about three weeks ago. I still have not received mine. What number I, What number was yours? Did you say 66 was your order? Uh, I'm not sure. I remember whenever we were looking at it, mine was just the one right before yours. So my token number is uh, Crypto Kaiju number 69. Again, you guys can check this out. I'm not exactly sure how it works. The, if you look at the, the feet of this guy, there is a, um, a tamper-proof NFC tag on it. And I guess that is somehow how it's tied to... I don't know how this works. Let's actually get to the real news, Mr. Joel Com. Nobody cares about this. Okay, so this is actually... We got a lot I, of... I might have cared if I had one, but since I don't have one, I'm kind of bitter. <laughs> we'll keep you guys posted on it. Uh, as of the timestamp for the show, the market cap on crypto just shy of $137 billion. Bitcoin, 4046 Ethereum, $154. XRP, $0.37. Bcash, ABC, $162. EOS, $280. Stellar, back to $0.12. Cents. Litecoin, 38 dollars tron at 2.3 cents and tether up a little bit today at one dollar and two cents it's a good day to be tethered mm, very nice and then below that uh, a bunch of bitcoins <laughs> da dash isn't you know i've been i've been monitoring this neo neo has been making a nice run here lately you know it's it's currently the 18th overall it's been in the top 10 it's been as high as I think 150 something dollars. This thing got down to like five dollars and seventy five cents, and I said, mm, "That is really low for Neo, especially with some of the news that they have coming out. They only have 65 million in circulation." I've always been a fan of Neo, so I sold some of the other some of my other coins that I had and snagged some more Neo at like almost six bucks. Now it's at eight dollars and fifty cents. There's this other so one like, here that I don't know what this is. Do you know what Maker is? It's at four hundred ninety-six dollars. It's number nineteen in market cap. Um, there's only seven hundred twenty-eight thousand two hundred twenty-eight Maker MKR is the symbol. It's Maker DAO. Yeah, MakerDAO.com. MakerDAO. Yeah, it's comprised of a stablecoin, collateral loans, and decentralized governance. I'm not familiar with that particular one, but uh, maybe we can discuss that in a one of our crypto roulettes someday, Mr. Joel. Oh, that could be great fun. So, you know, the market, um, it, it's still kind of wishy-washy here as we start the year. It's not like, you know, taking off and it's not collapsing. You know, what's going to happen as it goes forward? I think there's a lot of optimism in the crypto markets overall. Like there, you could kind of feel that the energy in in, uh, in Bitcoin, it feels like it's gathering again. Maybe that's just me. Maybe it's just gas. I think it might just be gas, or you know, maybe some bloating from the from the cruise you were on. Or or maybe it's yeah. I did put on a bunch of weight, man. So much good food. Uh, I didn't tell anybody I was on a cruise. I said an undisclosed location, but now everybody knows I was on a cruise. But an undisclosed location could still be a cruise wherever. They don't know if it was Alaska or if they don't know where it was. I said tropical. Come on, do the math. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay. Anywhere near the equator. Right it could be anywhere near the equator. So maybe part of the optimism is the fact that Bitcoin has celebrated its 10th birthday. It has officially hit double digits. Yeah. So the Genesis block was mined on January 3rd, 2009, or excuse me, 2009, 2010, 2010. No, 2009. 2009. What the hell was it? 2009. Yeah, 2009. Because 2009 plus 10 equals 2019. Yeah, you are yeah, here. Because that's math. 
Yeah, yeah. I knew it was January. That's the great part is I knew it was January 3rd. I was thinking, it wasn't 2010. It was 2008, 2000. Time, time goes by very, very quickly in this space, my, my friends. So the Genesis block was mined 10 years ago, and here we are 10 years later. And crypto is at $4,050 right now, the, the, the Bitcoin, the big daddy of all the cryptos. So the, of course, the Bitcoin obituaries continue to come. And we'll, we've got a story a little bit later on about uh, how many altcoins have died. But, um, you know, Bitcoin has, has died so many times, according to the pundits, that it is absolutely ridiculous. 93 times. In 2018, Bitcoin was declared dead. And it's kind of like, you know, the Monty Python, the Holy Grail. I'm not dead yet. I'm just, I'm just mostly. We got you dead. Just mostly. Yeah. Mostly dead. That is a princess bride uh, reference here. Mostly dead. But bring out your dead. Yep. That's Monty Python. There you go. Very good. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, it's been, it's been funny. Uh, you know, just, just the last year alone, Bitcoin is dead. Bitcoin is dead. But. Crypto is just getting started. You know, that's the fun part about it. Now, there's another article right here. There's a lot of different opinion pieces that come out in the beginning of the year. What's going to happen in 2019? Everyone has an opinion, right? Uh, Fred Davis, who is AVC, he actually wrote, he wrote this really interesting article on his website, avc.com. What's going to happen in 2019? He thinks that, you know, this year might be a little bit of a, a bumpy ride. For for blockchain, as you know, some of the some of the currencies that some of the ICO projects that were you know working on getting built out may not may not fully get built out. Um, there's some there's some equity problems within the U.S. They think there might be some economy kind of stuff going on that uh, that, that that might fall off the deep end, and blockchain might have have some some challenges because not all of those coins. And all those ICOs, those different projects are going to be able to reach the finish line. And so, you know, he says, hey, you know, crypto tokens is what he's calling them. He calls them, you know, um, he said, have we, have, we, have we reached the bottom of the large liquid and lasting crypto tokens? So I don't know, crypto assets, cryptocurrency, he's calling them crypto tokens. He says that, you know, he's going to expect to see some bullish runs followed by selling pressures, taking us back to retest those lows. He thinks the bottom out process will end sometime in 2019 and we will slowly enter a new bullish phase in crypto. And then so he talks about uh, what's going to be the catalyst for that bullish phase and how that's going to come into fruition here in 2019. Take a look at that article. He's, he talks about a whole lot of things aside from crypto. So if you want to kind of get a uh, an idea from a guy who is one of the top venture capitalists in the world. Uh, he's a, he's one of the good ones. Well, one of the pieces of good news is that Bitcoin transaction fees are at a low. The median fee on uh, BitInfo charts is just under three cents for a transaction. So that that's mm. that's pretty dang good. I mean, that is um, the lowest fees in over three years. Man, now compare that to one year ago, how high the fees were. I mean, there was some times where people were saying where they were sending out a certain amount of money and they were $30 fees because, you know, the, the, the market or the network was so congested that, you know, you needed to pay more fees. So the miners would throw those into the block in, in time, because if not, you could just be waiting and waiting and waiting. Now with, uh, you know, with the Lightning Network and SegWit, that is allowing Bitcoin to scale at a much better rate with much lower fees 
just like Satoshi had sort of envisioned back in the day. He wasn't envisioning, you know, $30, $40, $50 transaction fees. He was wanting to have these little small fees. And so that's that's back where we are. Very true, Mr. Travis, right? There's also news here on the Toshi Times that indicates that proof of keys is significant to the crypto space. And maybe you can explain a little bit because I'm not sure I have got clarity on what this is yet. Yeah, you've been out of the you've been out I've of been the loop the last few I've days. been on a boat. You've been on a boat. Yeah, so Bitcoin investor and podcast host Trace Meyer is a really smart dude. We should have him on the show sometime calling out to the universe, Mr. Trace Meyer. Let's get you on a show. Trace, get bad. Uh, he invited people. Yeah, he gets bad. Get bad, baby. Um, he invited people to create and join into this celebration called a proof of keys celebration. Take your crypto off of exchanges. You need to own your keys, right? And we want to make sure that it's not like, you know, fractional reserve banking or how, you know, if you have paper silver or you have invested in silver, if you don't actually hold your gold and silver, you don't actually own your gold. It could be paper and you, that, that, might, that gold and silver might not even exist. When you own your keys and you have your crypto on your own device, you own your crypto. This also helps keep exchanges accountable, right? This idea, and a lot of people did this. I Most of my stuff is off of exchanges. I have my keys on my own. I have proof of my own key, so I didn't have to pull a whole lot of stuff off. But um, it's a really good idea. The celebration is intended to drive people to take control of their own private keys. It's especially you know important as cryptocurrency investing has become so widespread. And you want to make sure to keep these, you know, keep these uh, exchanges held accountable because they might say they have your Bitcoin. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Some of them probably don't. And so this is a way to um, to ensure that everyone is being held accountable, Mr. Joel. I think that's a good idea. And if your name is Alicia Keys, you already hold your own keys. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I let you just kind of suffer. On I, I just, I just wanted to, you know. I think we were due for a bad dad joke, and I wanted. Was that the first bad dad joke of the year? I, that was, that was like really bad. That was a horrible, atrocious dad joke. Thank you very much. I'll be here all week. Yeah, yeah. Hey, let's get back on the news. So finance has the <laughs> anything to distract from how bad that yeah. was. <laughs> I'm not suffering fools today, Mr. Joe. <laughs> yeah. So, so Binance has its own sort of, um, it's its own platform, its own token platform called Launchpad. And they're able, they're going to launch one new token every month in 2008, 2019, starting with BitTorrent and Fetch.ai. That's another piece of news. That we had, I'll just actually move that on up here. So, didn't uh, uh, Bit BitTorrent was acquired by Tron, right? It's a peer-to-peer file. Bit was yeah. was acquired by Tron. Peer-to-peer mm-hmm. 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 file um, sharing is what that's all about. Yeah, it's the thing that happened after Napster mm-hmm. and you know LimeWire and all of those sort of illegal downloading things. The next thing that popped up was BitTorrent, and so instead of it was a really interesting protocol because whenever you're using Napster. Like, I'm downloading that MP3 directly from you, Mr. Jolcom. With BitTorrent, you're downloading little tiny bits from everybody else who has that same file, and then you recompile all of those bits back into one place, 
and then it recompiles and recreates that MP3. So you're not directly tapping in and grabbing it from one person and you're pulling their file in. You're pulling it from multiple people all at once is the theory on that whole thing. And so they're going to, they're launching their own cryptocurrency on the Tron network, right? So they're going to have their own deal. And so what's interesting about that, it's going to be the BTT token, which is run on Tron protocol developed by Tron. And when you are sharing files and downloading files, you're actually going to be able to earn cryptocurrency from uh, from your sharing, huh? which is interesting. That is nice. Yeah. And so Binance Labs, going back to the other piece of news, Binance Launchpad is basically launching new tokens every single month. And uh, I guess at the beginning of the year, they're launching Fetch.ai and BitTorrent is going to be uh, coming to Binance Launchpad. This article on Binance tells you how to do it. You have to get verified so they know that, you know, you're within uh, regulation. And then you go to their Launchpad website. They'll show you the projects that they've got. Um, and then you check out the projects. D-Y-I, do your own research. D-Y-R, D-Y-O-R. Damn it with these, you know. Uh, abbreviations just go out there and research it yourself and then if you take part in the sale you click buy now so does this mean that u.s citizens can participate in icos because of this launch pad mm, don't know mr jocom you're asking questions i don't know uh it says users from the following countries will not be able to participate in token sales on the binance launch platform afghanistan burundi belarus uh central african republic congo United china States. ethiopia guinea Guinea, uh, Iraq, Iran, the Republic, uh, Democratic Republic of the Korea, Lebanon, Are we Sri read Lanka, them all? Libya, really? Serbia, uh, Sudan, Somalia, South Sudan, Syrian Arabic Republic, Thailand, Tunisia, Trinidad and Tobago, Ukraine, Uganda, United States, Venezuela, Yemen, and Zimbabwe. The list of excluded countries may be subject to change and may vary from project to project. Your mileage may vary. Okay, so you cannot participate. Crypto is not a financial advisor. Yeah, you cannot participate if you are a U.S. citizen, but you cannot. You can move to Canada, eh? And you could uh, become a Canadian, and you get to wear mm -hmm. a toque, eh? And uh, drink that beer, a hosers, mm -hmm. and then you can. Or you could maybe just get a VPN. <laughs> or you could. Well, we you can't get verified that way, right? If they're going to verify you, then you're going to have to be honest about where you're from. No, Mister Jolcom, I am from the Cayman Islands. Uh, so, you know, we recently had Lynn Ulbricht, the mother of Silk Road founder Ross Ulbricht on the show. And, you know, he's got a petition out there at uh, freeross.org to get the attention of the president for a pardon, because there are those that think that his penalty of a double life sentence is overkill. Uh, he's here in Colorado, by the way, where, where I am. And he's reaching out to Roger Veer for help. Uh, to get to this presidential pardon. I'm not sure what um, power Roger Veer would have to uh, get the president's attention, but he could certainly get a lot of people to sign yeah. let's let, let me write a, a, a letter to a dude who, who got rid of his U.S. citizenship to move to Japan. <laughs> that is let's have him help me, help me get out of prison. Who he should have messaged was Mick Mulvaney, the new – a chief of staff or whatever who is with Trump, who is a big proponent of Bitcoin. I think maybe, you know, having that guy up there might be a good ally for for Lynn and the whole Free Ross organization to reach out to because, you know, he's a, he's a big proponent of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and 
he has the ear of Trump. He's the chief of staff or over there. So Mick Mulvaney, that's probably the guy you want to reach out to, not Roger Vera, the dude who is no longer a U.S. citizen and gave up his citizenship and moved to Japan. The petition has received 115,000 signatures, and I guess last year the U.S. Libertarian Party passed a resolution during its convention urging Trump to grant the founder of Silk Road a full pardon. And of course, you know, if John McAfee does indeed run for president of, you know, under the Libertarian Party banner, as he hopes he will, I mean, his his goal is to be able to get on the debate stage so that he can rip the whole system a new one and bring awareness to crypto. With they without are not letting McAfee on that stage, bro. That is not happening. They, they, you know, I remember back in the day, they, they had to let Ross Perot on. And then like after that, you'd never see those third party people ever get to the fact. I mean, I don't remember seeing Gary Johnson debating, you know, Trump and debating Hillary. He wasn't allowed and he's the Libertarian Party president, presidential candidate. So basically, if you're not Democrat or Republican, they don't allow you to participate in those debates anymore because because Ross Perot almost won. He took like 20-something percent of the vote back in 1992. Can I finish? Can I finish? Let me tell you here about, about NAFTA. <laughs> it's bad. And, uh, you know, that, that guy was off the charts. And he literally, that they uh, George Herbert Walker Bush, uh, Bush 41, said that, Perot was the reason that he lost because they divided the votes so badly. So they don't normally let anybody else up to do those uh, those debates anymore. If you're not a Republican or a Democrat, H. Ross Perot, the little general with the big ears. He was he was great. Mm-hmm. Yep. We'll see what happens. So uh, uh, Ross is, you know, might get the momentum he wants. We'll see what happens. Now, this is a story that you put in, which is uh, is very interesting. It's from the Gulf times and it says that blockchain is making its way into islamic finance what's happening there well you know think about about this is you know the islamic world there is nearly two billion people in that maybe that is that are of the islamic faith and one thing that really struck out to me about this piece right here is that you know they're, they're trying to make sure that everything is is sharia compliant that's their rules that they have which is you know very debatable. There's a lot of things in the Sharia that I'm not a big fan of. But one thing I was unaware of, Mr. Jokam, which I think is very good, is in according to Sharia, charging interest on things are is illegal by the Quran. Like like in America, if you it which is one of the biggest problems I think with the credit system is, you know, here it is like I get a credit card, I get a thousand dollar credit card, I swipe my thousand dollars on my credit card. That money never existed before right? Until I swipe that card. Now that money exists. Now I got to pay interest on this money that never existed, right? And so you end up getting into the system where you're creating all this interest on all this money that never existed. And according to Sharia law, that's not legal. You can't charge interest uh, according to that. So that was one thing that I found interesting. So they're, they're, they're spending a lot of time trying to you know make sure that, that their blockchains are uh, all set up and proper according to their rules. And actually, you know, it's like uh, Islam is not really just a religion. It's a it's a whole political system. It's like an ideology. It's not just, you know, you know, it's it, it basically that whole thing when in America we go, don't, you know, got to separate church and state. Islam is church and state combined with other stuff. And it's, it's uh, definitely a complex uh, thing. 
Yes, sir. Lots of controversy in the different political and religious systems of the world. I'm just not a fan of treating women poorly, you know, as second class citizens, uh, whatever else they've they've got under their law. Um, it, it's kind of amazing to me that there are some in America that have elevated the hijab as to, you know, being a, a symbol of freedom when it's actually often a symbol of oppression. They have to wear them over, you know, in those countries. You, you know, that you're not going to... When you take them off, like, they had that thing in Iran where, where they were, like, rebelling against it, and that one lady who was so brave and took off her hijab and was waving it around, and then she disappeared and got put in prison, and nobody's ever seen her again. And uh, it's it's been really interesting how we've gone from 9-11, where, you know, we got attacked, and all that crazy stuff that happened. And now it's like, you can't say anything bad about Islam or you're a racist. And it's like, well, we had one of the biggest attacks ever on on American soil. And now, now we have all this, you know, we go to the airport, we have all this extra security and all this other stuff. But now it's like, you make a comment about Muslims, you're, you're a racist. And like, people can't, like they're passing laws in Europe that says you can't even question Islam or say bad things about it. Or you're, that's hate speech. It's crazy. And, uh, Speaking of 9-11, Mr. Joel Kahn, another interesting piece of news popped up. Yeah, there's a hacker group called the Dark Overlord Hacker Group, and they are threatening to leak thousands of secret documents that they have acquired um, illegally, I would imagine, stolen from government agencies and insurers that they say reveals the truth about 9-11. Uh, this group has hacked Netflix, uh, plastic surgery clinics, and other sensitive targets, and they say they have a 10-gigabyte archive of documents related to 9-11 litigation, and they are going to release the encryption keys unless they are paid in Bitcoin. How much do they want? What do they want? Hmm, I'm not sure how much they want. I just thought it was such an interesting thing that they were that they were saying, hey, we now have, you know, all this information that probably doesn't. Well, some people don't want to see the light of day. And uh, we are saying, give us some Bitcoin. I don't think it actually says how it much. Bitcoin but I would imagine it's a lot. And they're saying that um, there are people who are worried that their names might be in the documents. And for a fee, they can have their names redacted. Terrorist organizations and competing nation states of the U.S. are offered first dibs on the info if they pay up. Otherwise, the hackers write the insurance can pay an unspecified Bitcoin ransom or, quote, we're going to bury you with this. Thus saith the dark overlord. These are the guys, Travis, that uh, leaked. They, they hacked Orange is the New Black, the the latest season on Netflix last year. They put the whole season online before it was supposed to go live. Yeah, it's so wild. You know, it's like I'm, I'm a critical thinker. I always look at things and then I ask questions. Like if I see it, if I see it on the media, and if I if I see things, and I'm, I'm always going to ask questions. And I I was actually pretty woke when 9/11 happened. And one thing I noticed about that when that first plane hit that first building, every channel, and I, I was I was I was talking to people around me. I was like, do you see this? Like, it was like every channel was like, it's a terrorist attack. It was Osama bin Laden. Osama bin Laden. How could they know? Laden, how they know? Like, how did they yeah. know that? Like, the second building, the second building had not even been hit yet. And they were all saying, Osama bin Laden. And then, 
I remember watching a BB because, you know, when that day happened, everybody knows where they were that day. And I was watching everything. I was watching BBC. I was watching all this. And I remember watching a BBC newscast and they were talking about how Building 7 had just collapsed and Building 7 is still behind her. <laughs> and then like Building 7 didn't collapse for like another hour and a half. And I was like, what? What is it? Like being woke then when 9-11 happened was the biggest mind F of all time because here I am questioning everything, watching it in real time and just and just questioning all this stuff and then seeing seeing people saying all these different things. And then actually I read a, I read a uh, an interesting thing. It was an addendum to this 9-11 hacker group. And it there was this huge list of like, 70 different people who had, who have committed suicide, who had information about 9-11. It's just so crazy. It's like, so you start asking questions or you know answers about things, then people just start disappearing. And I don't know what the answer is. All I know is, is that I've never seen a building ever collapse ever since then. That that one tower in London had that huge fire, that Greenfell Tower happened. And the only thing is left is the steel infrastructure. And so people say, well, building one and two, those were hit by airplanes and that was jet fuel and the burns. Okay, that's great. But why did building seven collapse? I still have no idea how that collapsed into dust in at the speed of gravity. And it's just so weird to me. Maybe one of these days we'll actually get some some interesting new mm-hmm. truths to that. Well, I'd like to see some of these documents if there's things that say that. Yeah, actually I say release release the Kraken, you know, let it fly. And by the way, it's been more than a year since that tragedy at the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. And we still don't know anything. Why? Nothing. How? How is that? How, I have asked that. Like, I know that if if I go into any casino in Vegas, there is at least there's a minimum of like fifty cameras on me at all times. How is there no camera footage? Welcome to the Bad Conspiracy Podcast. <laughs> 2019. Yeah, we're mixing it's, it's it up. A here lot of rabbit I, I know that was this whole thing that whole the Bitcoin, Bitcoin, and 9/11. That was just. It's just crazy to that. I, I don't know the answers. I just yeah. have questions. I hope they don't really. I hope that they don't uh, get the Bitcoin and they release it. Let's you know. Let's get the truth out there. Now, I told you I'm going to CES here tomorrow, and there's already some crypto products that have been demonstrated there. The Nano X, it's the Ledger product. They are going mobile with the Bluetooth ready Nano X device. I'm going to try and get my hands on one of those. Uh, while I'm out there, this is pretty cool because now you don't need to plug it into your uh, computer, which I think makes it even more mm-hmm. secure, right? Because if you're online when you plug it in, that's how if somebody is tapping into your machine, how you could possibly get hacked. Yeah, I don't know. Is there going to? That's an interesting thing. I looked at this and I I have a ledger that um, that we were that I think uh, I I don't remember exactly where I got. It. I played around with it, but I don't like the ledger as much Me as either. I like the trade. Problem with it, Travis, is that the memory on it sucks. Like it says that yeah. you can hold a dozen or so cryptos on it. You can't. You can only store like five different coins on it. But apparently, the Ledger Nano X can store apps for up to a hundred crypto assets. Yeah, a hundred. That sounds good, man. If you can connect with them at CES, that would be awesome. And then maybe we'll have somebody from Ledger come on the show or something down the road. That would be fun. Looking forward to seeing a lot of cool stuff at Consumer Electronics Show. And we'll report back to all y'all after that. Overstock in the news again. Of course, they are one of the largest online retailers and a blockchain tech pioneer. They are to become the first, the first major U.S. company to pay some of their Ohio 
state business taxes in Bitcoin using the state's new crypto tax platform, OhioCrypto.com. That's pretty cool. Patrick Burns on the cutting edge. We got to get it's time for him to come back. It's been over a year. Patrick, come see us. Yeah, he runs uh, Medici Ventures and that oversees a global portfolio of 19 companies now that's and it's that it that has his whole he's basically getting rid of the e-commerce side, selling that and then going full all in on blockchain and um the other the other crypto type stuff. So, you know, he's doing stuff with capital markets, money and banking, identity, property, voting, supply chain. So, he and Medici are way tied into all of that stuff. And we, yeah, we definitely need to have him on the show. But yeah, there you go. Ohio, go ahead and pay your taxes in Bitcoin. And guess what? You probably won't be the last. Uh, the Ohio treasurer, option. Josh Mandel, said, we applaud Overstock for becoming the first national brand in America to register to pay taxes via cryptocurrency. Their embrace of blockchain technology was ahead of its time. And we're proud to have them join OhioCrypto.com. So that's pretty cool stuff happening right there. Yeah, earlier in the show, we referenced how Bitcoin had died 90 times, <laughs> at least in 2018. Uh, and now, as Joel mentioned, there are almost 1,000 dead altcoins that data shows. And when you're going through the data, what they're doing is they're looking to see, you know, how much daily volume is being spent or being traded on some of these different cryptos. And so they have identified uh, the dead coins. They've identified 934 total cryptocurrencies and uh, that are yeah. officially dead. They're saying they're officially dead. Maybe they might be resurrected, but if you're not seeing a certain amount of volume per day then deadcoins.com and there's actually um it looks like they've partnered with coin janitor who's been on the show strategic partnership to clean up crypto coin janitor and deadcoins.com and if you go on here there's a list uh it says hyperpay uh, had no connection with its product and an ugly as f wallet hyperpay.tech scam um chemo coin deceased Artax, deceased. Badger coin, deceased. Park bite. Bad coin. <laughs> uh, actually, bad coin is alive and well. And stay tuned for some big, 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 big news. Hope you guys have your keys if you got bad coin to your BitShares wallet. If you don't know, find them. And we will tell you more about that. So there's one on here, Travis, PaySent, that we had on the show. Uh, and it says it's deceased and the coin does nothing. But it's not deceased. It's still trading. And their website is up. So I'm not sure. It's trading at $0.04 cents right now. They have a global working crypto card. They've delivered 25,000 crypto fiat payment pay cent cards. So I don't know how you say this is deceased. It's tree, trading on Coin Exchange, IDEX, Token Store, Mercado X, Cymex, and Yobit. And there's in they have an app. How do you call that deceased? I don't know, but what is interesting to me is if you look at all the different cryptos that say deceased, or if they were hacked, or they were a scam or they were a parody. Uh, one thing that I love to see is that uh, of the ones that are a scam, 
None of them. We've had none of them on bad crypto. No. Well, they're, they're even saying, oh, I guess Kraken coin, not Kraken exchange. They're saying it's a scam, but it's a coin. So anyway, it's fun to kind of look through these and see which ones are dead while Bitcoin is clearly not dead. Uh, but there are some that have some strong feelings about some of the other coins. One of those people is Jed McCaleb who's been on the show, the co-founder of Ripple and Stellar, and he spoke out about Tron. You know, we had Justin Wu on the show recently in an interview with our own Rachel Wolfson, and he said Tron is, quote, just garbage. Ouch. Harsh words, Jed. What's up with that? Yeah, just garbage. That's, you know, and he said, actually, he says about 90% of the crypto projects out there are garbage. That was that was what he also said in addition to just kind of trashing on Tron. And um, 90% of them are trash, right? And so if you think of that, there's a whole lot of cryptos out there that are just not. But he was talking specifically about this when he goes, 90% of all these projects are, are BS. I'm looking forward to that changing. Things like Tron, it's just garbage. But people dump tons of money into it. These things that just do not technically work. Now, Jed McCaleb is not just the you know co-founder of you know uh, Stellar, but he's also the co-founder of Ripple, and he's also was the original creator of Mount Gox before he traded to that other dude who had a tank on him. So he knows a little bit about about you know technical and, and cryptos that work and scaling and whatnot. I think I think Jed McCaleb is a really smart dude. We had him on show number 10, and I don't think we really knew. We didn't know then when we had him on the show the first time, man. Like, we need to have him on now because now we know a little bit more. But, you know, one, one thing is, is that I pay attention to Tron, and there are tons and tons, millions of Tron transactions that are happening. Tron Bet and some of this other stuff, these little dApps that are being built on Tron. So I don't know the technical part of the blockchain and why, you know, Jed McCaleb might say that it's that it's crap or that it's trash. But I do know that there's a ton of transactions on that. If you look at blocktivity.info and you just look and see at which which cryptos out there are, are tearing it up, Tron is uh, is up there. Yeah, and I guess uh, Justin Sun has replied. There's a number of tweets that have, you know, come as a result of this. And of course, Justin Sun is fighting back and, and many supporters and detractors are as well. You can go to the show notes again at badco.in forward slash 226. There's a, a long stream of tweets. So if you want to see what uh, Justin has to say and some others, I think it'd be easier to just go to the website and uh, read it rather than try to pick apart these tweets. Yeah, actually, actually, uh, Tron's not showing up on Blocktivity right now. EOS, though... Is having today has forty four million transactions today. Wow, that is that's a crazy amount, and on their record was forty eight million, and they're sitting at about what thirty four percent of their um, of their blockchain capacity utilization. I, I think that's completely fascinating. I love going to Blocktivity every now and again and checking it out. Ken K I N is actually up to the seventh spot with four hundred and fifty thousand transactions. Per day, it's running at four point three percent of its blockchain. You go all the way down. Uh, Bitcoin's number five, six hundred and seventy-two thousand transactions today, and it's running at ninety-seven percent of its capacity. So always interesting to pay attention to that. Oh yeah, Ethereum way over its capacity, one hundred percent plus, 
32,000 unconfirmed transactions right now. They really got to figure out how to scale Ethereum because it's not working. And blockchain moving forward, still moving into the mobile gaming world. There was an interview on VentureBeat with um, the CEO of Atari, of course, a big game manufacturer. The CEO's name is Frederick Chenet. I think that's how you pronounce it. It, it is French, Chenet. And they are talking about making more blockchain games by partnering with Animoco brands. They're going to make blockchain versions of the best-selling roller coaster Tycoon Touch and another game called Goon Squad. Of course, Roller Coaster Tycoon has been a huge game, both on the PC, the Mac, and then on mobile. And they're looking at blockchaining uh, these games, and Atari's going all in on that. You know, So how long before other game developers you know electronic arts blizzard activision you know they get into you know fortnite how do you fortnite how do you blockchain fortnite um for you know more accuracy and speed it's going to be interesting to see how this happens but it's just more proof that a blockchain ain't going anywhere gang but forward it, it, it these big oh shanae shanae we're gonna blockchain and roller coaster mom always said Here's another interesting piece on computer world. Blockchain technology is being piloted as the basis for self-sovereign identities, which can eliminate usernames and passwords for logging into corporate sites or verify sensitive information, such as income for purposes of a loan, without revealing personal identifiable information. So this article is about how blockchain may kill off the need for a password. I kind of dig that. Yeah, there's a lot of credit unions out there that are testing ID management. CU Ledger is a cooperative. It's basically owned by all these different credit unions that provide these back office services for the credit unions. And so it was built about a year ago. It's a blockchain-based identity management platform called MyCUID, so you know, credit union ID. And uh, it's going to launch in the second half of 2019. And right now, there's they have 36 investors, 26 different credit unions, and a bunch of different, uh, you know, service providers that are out there that might want to tap in and utilize this. So how it basically works is a new customer or a current customer of a, one of those member credit unions, they contact customer service, which will send you a text to the customer's mobile phone with a link to download that, that CUID app. And then once you have that ID, it's going to issue them credentials, a digital wallet, and then they can hold personal identif- you know, information in that. Now, that information is encrypted and that can only be accessed through the member's authorization. How that works, I don't necessarily know, but you know, if, if somebody... You know, that's a problem with if you get your SIM cards hacked and then somebody else has access to your phone number, can that can they tap into that? I don't know. Apparently, they said they're working through some stuff and it's going to be launched in the second half of 2019. Could be more secure. And if this thing works out, you know, you're basically creating this two way secure communication channel with your bank. And um, so they know they're talking to you. You know, they're talking to you. So it eliminates that need for a password. Maybe that'll work. Maybe it won't. Interesting to see, though, just another cool use case of blockchain, Mr. Joel Kahn. 
You know, in speaking of blockchain moving forward, I don't suppose that the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, knows anything about technology. But, you know, these guys ha- have a publication called the MIT Technology Review, and they put out an article mm-hmm. here in the new year that says blockchain will be mundane, but they also say that 2019 is set to be the year that blockchain technology finally becomes normal. And they cite Wall Street getting involved, New York Stock Exchange or the Intercontinental Exchange, Fidelity, and of course, you know, others such as NASDAQ and countries launching their own cryptos like Venezuela's Petro. Um, The IMF had Christine Lagarde talking about, you know, looking at central bank-backed cryptocurrencies. This They say that this is the year, and that makes a lot of sense to me. And I think at, at my, you know, view of this, Travis, is that if blockchain becomes normalized, then it just makes sense that the cryptos follow behind it, right? The technology is accepted. And so what do we, you know, use that technology for? The cryptos are in place to, uh, to position to be used. Yeah. You know, there was the big buzz in 2017 around the great big crypto bull run, right? And then last year with the big crash that happened, and so they're saying that you know blockchain technology is not going to make as much noise in 2019. It's basically assimilating into your technology stack as something that's kind of a normal thing. So it's not going to be as it's not as much hype, but it's going to become way more useful. And there's so many different use cases, you know, as you mentioned, some of those things with from Walmart to Wall Street and some of the other stuff that's going on, all the different smart contracts that are able to do all these different things. And there's so many instances. Actually, if you click on that. That article that we have in uh, is the Cointelegraph article, but if you click on the um, that article, you can click on MIT article, and I'll actually add that MIT article to the show notes. You guys can just go directly to that because it says it's going to be boring. The headline is, in 2019, blockchains will start to become boring, but then they just – it just – you read the article and they just heap so much praise on it. It's just like, ah, oh, this is this is this and this is good. And it's changing how the world is doing business and it's amazing. And make sure to, you know, check out the experts at Business of Blockchain 2019 conference. Blockchain so, so sexy. Yeah. You know, when we covered gaming earlier, talking about Atari, I mentioned the game Fortnite, which, of course, is currently huge with the the kiddies. And this story on Cointelegraph says that you can start purchasing Fortnite merchandise in their store, accepting Monero for payment. Why, why Monero? Well, Monero, you know, is one of those privacy coins, so they don't really actually know who um, who is responsible for different transactions. So I don't know why they're doing it exclusively in Monero. Maybe there was some partnership with them. I don't know. Does it say why? Uh, well, this is, you know, apparently Malwarebytes found that scammers were using malware targeting Bitcoin wallet addresses of Fortnite gamers. Mm-hmm. So con artists were sneaking malicious data theft code into downloads that apparently promised free season six Fortnite android versions with bogus cheats and aimbots and stuff so people were taken by that but i guess it's much harder to crypto jack monero because the wallet addresses aren't uh public you know if you've got a bitcoin address and you're a Fortnite gamer you put it out there now people know who you are but monero uh that doesn't work the mm-hmm. same so I have a funny, funny story from the Twittersphere, Mr. Mr. Jokom. 
regale us with your humorous anecdote, Mr. Travis Wright. Yeah. So there's a there's a dude. I don't even fully understand the 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 origins of this, but there was a they're talking about the, this Milky person on Twitter. Um, it, you know, had asked for some donations from his from his audience, and Milky. Some I don't even know his Twitter handle or what, but Milky got upwards of fifty thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin to do whatever he wanted to do, and so <laughs> crypto underscore Bitlord, who we have to have Sir Bitlord on the show because he's actually a uh, a Bitcoin core developer. He's worked at Google, he's worked at uh, Ripple Labs, he's worked at a few other places. It's pretty cool. So he said this. He goes, in light of the Milky event, I have decided to go on a two week bender. Fueled by community donations. He goes, now, unlike Milky, I will provide the full transparency of the funds. 30% will be spent on drugs, 20% on random, 10% on gambling, 10% on strippers, 10% on food, and 10% on BitMEX, and the other 10% for himself for the for the fees of this. And Joel, last I heard. He had received 127 Bitcoin. Oh my God. <laughs> Over $500,000. I messaged him. I said, Sir Bitlord, good sir, if you make it out of this alive, we would love to have you on this show. Yes, <laughs> that would be great. Because you do the math 30% of $500,000 on drugs, that is a lot of drugs. That is so many drugs. 10% on strippers, that's $50,000 on strippers. Like, that's crazy. Like, gamble, like, I was just blown away by this. Like, he's going to have this, he's going to have, like, the hangover type of of uh, two-week bender that's just going to be crazy. And um, I hope he comes out of it alive because I'd, I'd love to love to chat with him. <laughs> it sounds like one interesting cat. Don't do drugs, kids. You know, stay in school. 30% of $500,000 on drugs? Good Lord, that's a lot of drugs. Yeah. You're going to die. That, that's not good and you know as far as the strippers go how do you insert you know crypto in the g-string i don't mm -hmm. know how that works well i'm probably he can take that bitcoin and convert it into cash money and make it rain because we do call it dirty fiat so mm -hmm. i suppose that that's uh, true it's one of the reasons <laughs> why it's dirty sense. because it's been in strippers near strippers mm -hmm. Maybe. Well, we hope you guys have enjoyed this ride of our first bad news episode of the year. Kind of an extended edition because yeah. we're long. catching up. Long today. That's what she said. That's what she said. Of course, if you enjoy the show, then we would love for you to take a moment to review us. If you haven't yet, you know who you are. I, I want you to feel the guilt. You know, let, let's pretend that we have a guest on our show that's guilting you for not donating to a <laughs> <laughs> how, what would that sound like, Travis? How would, how would your mother guilt you into that, Mr. Joe Conner? But you you don't care about your your favorite podcast. You don't. Well, I I give and I, we give and we give to you, and we're just suffering here, looking for for little bits of bad coin. We're, like we want in, we're languishing in the rankings over here because you don't. Give all you want is review. You don't care about your old hosts of this show. Hey, jump over to iTunes or wherever it is you listen and give us a review. Make it funny. And if you make it funny, we might read it on the show. If you make it funny in five stars, there's a high likelihood that we will read it on a future episode. I don't even care if it's funny. Just give us a review because 
Apple loves those. Yeah, it's important to when you do that. It um, it does something in the iTunes algorithm that pops the show up on other people's radar. So it's like, yes, you can go tell people about the show. You could get their phones and subscribe them and convert them to the show. Uh, but if you give the review, it actually has more power, I think, than than anything else. So uh, do do it. And as always, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Bad Crypto Podcast and. Uh, in this new year, we hope you have a resolution. Our resolution, as always. What's 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 our New Year's resolution, Mr. Joel Kahn? Stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.